0: I just love hyping people up. Maddie, I just love it. Have I told you you're doing great? Because you are.
1: It's time for Arrested DevOps, the podcast that helps you achieve understanding, develop good practices, and operate your team and organization for maximum DevOps awesomeness. I am joined today with I would say a cast of thousands, but it's not thousands, but for an ADO episode, it might as well be. And we're going to be talking about my personal favorite virtual event of all time, Deserted Island DevOps. But before we get into that, let's have a word from our sponsors. Rootly helps engineers manage incidents directly from Slack without ever needing to leave the tool. They handle all the boring and tedious manual work during incidents, like creating channels, looping in the right people, and acting as your scribe to document that ever-important timeline. Companies from 20 to 2,000 manage hundreds of incidents daily on Rootly. It's super simple and easy to use. You can install it in five minutes or less. Visit Rootly.io to learn more and mention Arrested DevOps for $1,000 off when you book a demo. The role of a developer or engineer has evolved into a security-first mindset. The ability to confidently build and deliver your software assets across the globe while also avoiding supply chain threats is a priority for organizations to remain successful. CloudSmith is software supply chain management for modern DevOps practices. They provide a single source of truth for all software assets while integrating with the package formats your team is used to. With a focus on securing your software supply chain, CloudSmith is truly at the heart of your DevOps ecosystem. To learn more and receive a first-hand look at their solution, please visit ArrestedDevOps.com slash CloudSmith.
2: BridgeCrew is the all-in-one cloud security platform for developers. They automate and embed security throughout the entire development lifecycle, so you can streamline your DevSecOps toolchain into one solution. By integrating infrastructure's code, security, and compliance into your version control systems and CICD pipelines, BridgeCrew empowers you to find, fix, and prevent cloud misconfigs faster. Get started with BridgeCrew for free at ArrestedDevOps.com slash BridgeCrew.
1: So recently, we had the second incarnation of a fantastic virtual conference called Deserted Island DevOps. And I'm joined by nine, count them nine guests today, who were uh, speakers and organizers of this event. So before we get into it, uh, let's have everybody, why don't you introduce yourself to our guests.
3: Hello, I am once again, Austin Parker, developer advocate at LightStep and organizer of Deserted Island DevOps.
0: Oh, hello. I'm Katie, and I am a technical community manager at Circle CI. MC of Deserted Island DevOps and a general hype woman
4: in Animal Crossing. My name is Ana Margarita Medina. I am a senior chaos engineer at Gremlin, and I was super honored to be speaking at Deserted Island DevOps.
5: My name is Rin Oliver. I'm a technical community builder at Camunda, and I was also very excited to be speaking at Deserted Island DevOps.
2: Well, I'm Angelina Uno-Tonison. I work as a software architect for the Center of Computational Genomics and Data Science at the University of Alabama at Birmingham School of Medicine. I'm very excited to be talking about such an amazing conference.
6: Hi, I'm Ari Blaze. I'm a senior software engineer at Embark Vet, and I was very excited to teach everyone about bridges and ramps with accessibility at Desert Island DevOps.
7: I am Jack Knives. I am the lead DevOps engineer at Moda Operandi. And uh, I'm just here to Stan Aurora, my favorite villager.
8: I'm Laura Santa Maria, LogDNA's developer advocate. And I was one of the speakers at Deserted Island DevOps talking about the dangers of third-party tooling. And I'm so excited to talk about it today.
9: And I'm Serena Titi, an SRE at United Health Group. And I was excited to talk about making friends with tracing.
1: Everybody's so excited. This is exactly what we want on a podcast episode. It's an exciting group. It is an exciting group. So uh, before we kind of get into this, Austin, this is the second year. Maybe maybe we'll talk a little bit. Uh, as, you know, Regular listeners of ADO uh, might recall the background of Deserted Island DevOps. But this started uh, last year as an event, uh, basically from some, you know, making jokes on Twitter about, having a conference in animal crossing, which turned out to be one of the best virtual events of 2020. Um, what about this year? Like what, uh, what, what was different maybe in your mind?
3: The reaction last year was, you know, extremely positive. Um, and we had a great turnout and I think what drove me to do it was mostly, uh, here's a good, here's a pro tip for everyone that has trouble sticking to things, it's announced that you're going to do something way ahead of time so that when it gets closer and the fear of failure like overwhelms and consumes you, you can't because you've like told people you're going to do it. That's a really good strategy that worked out super great for me this time. I I think the basic idea is the same, right? Like if you want to know more detail about the history, then, last year's episode last year's kind of ADO on this covered a lot of it. And the the thought was the same. You know, let's let's take the same idea. Let's do a virtual event in a deliberately constrained virtual space. Right. And in doing so, use those constraints to sort of inspire creativity in our speakers and how we present and how we think about you know what is a virtual conference, what is a what is a conference. And I always like to think that, you know, we 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 took a lot of learnings from last year. You know, we we upped the production value quite a bit, I think, in terms of artwork, um, in terms of sort of the other associated things. Like, we you know, we we had merch this year. Um, I think one thing that we did last year that we expanded upon was the idea of doing this for a cause. So last year we had shout outs for people. Speakers would kind of shout out a charity, and this time we... Decided to make it into an actual fundraiser and have a, a campaign, a giving campaign to the Trevor Project, which is a charity for at-risk LGBTQ plus youth. So during the event, you know, people could give to that charity and had a little tracker. And, you know, it was, it was fun, right? Like, but nothing really changed, I think, in terms of the idea. You know, it's, hey, what is an event why is an event a what makes an event an event that that i think is the question that we we're still trying to answer in a lot of ways because it wasn't it wasn't the hit that i thought it would be right like i i expected more people to show up uh we can talk about that more later if you like but i think we all had a good time and i think we had super high quality talks and we raised over $6,000 for, you know, trans kids.
1: So that's pretty good. We don't necessarily have to turn this episode into the DI DevOps retro, but you know, it could happen. Stranger things have happened. Um Katie, like when I think about especially this year for some reason I don't know why it didn't feel quite the same as during the event, you are very much the face and personality of deserted island devops because you know Austin's kind of running around and you know producing and doing whatever. and I think having that personality come through as an m c just for any event is really important um to the field, but i I think it was really strong in in this event, and how do you how do you approach something like that?
0: I just am so excited all the time. (laughs) I have to take deep breaths. Uh, It's such a wonderful gift to be able to introduce people who are talking about things they're passionate about in a community event. It just brings me so much joy and I don't have an off mode. So this is a very good like way for me to channel a lot of the things I have going on into, (laughs) into a good, healthy space And I just love hyping people up, Maddie. I just love it. Have I told you you're doing great? Because you are. And I just, uh, I don't know. I'm really, I feel really lucky to be able to be on the island and help people feel welcome and warm. um, Because that's what makes me feel. It makes me feel great. Uh, I feel energized at the end of the day instead of exhausted because everyone is just such a pleasure.
3: And you you had the. One of, I think, the, the best innovations this year was the um, the dedications line.
0: <laughs> you know, when I was a kid, I really wanted to be a radio DJ. And that dream didn't come true, but I can make it happen still, it turns out, by letting people shout out their friends and loved ones in one of the Discord channels and then putting on my best radio voice to uh to read their comments aloud. If I could have... Look, if we could afforded songs, I would have done full requests. <laughs> That'll
3: be a good bit for next year, I don't
1: think. Reminds me of being in junior high and calling up the radio station to dedicate a Richard Marks song to someone I had a crush on.
0: Yes, um, that's exactly what I wanted. I wanted people just to feel that, you know, it's like even when you're just listening to those on the radio, like when I was a kid and you would like hear the dedications and you'd be like, "Ooh, someone's going to feel good because they got this song. Like I kind of wanted that feeling to come through a bit.
3: Casey Kasem, K- Katie Kasem, Katie Kasem, Katie Kasem. Did you know?
0: How did you know my DJ name?
3: Uh, lucky guess. We've worked on we've worked together on this stuff enough.
1: <laughs> so Anna, you were a first time speaker at Deserted Island DevOps this year, and I. Think I recall relatively newcomer to Animal Crossing. I think it was a few months ago. I remember uh, seeing you tweeting about that. Um, tell us a little bit about what your talk was about, but like how you approach because you're, you know, like many of us uh, do a lot of conference speaking. This is a little different, you know. How did how did this feel different?
4: It felt different in so many ways. Part of it definitely was that I didn't hop on Animal Crossing on March of the 2020 year. I didn't get my hands on a device until I want to say November, December of 2020. So I always felt like I had less time to learn what my controls are, make my island a little bit more beautiful. But once I got accepted to be able to speak on here, it was this much excitement. It was like, I know how much... This helped me survive and be entertained like during hard nights in the pandemic. So being able to tune in to something that was special to me, but then be creative and be able to say, wait, I learned something from this. Some of the skills that I'm actually using in this game should completely cross over into my daily life, into the bigger world of engineering and DevOps. So I actually had a really hard time coming up with an abstract And after I came up with an abstract, the outline that I built did not tie into my talk at all. I was very, very close on doing the talk, mostly about DevOps, about reliability, talking about ways that we can create stuff when you get stung by a bee. And then I kind of realized that I wanted to zoom out a little bit more and I wanted to talk about some of the interpersonal stuff where... We are learning how to be better humans, how to build community, how to talk to your neighbors and care for one another, especially in times that we're not seeing other people. So our neighbors being like, hey, I haven't seen you in a week. Where have you been? That is like the same love that I sometimes get going into the office when I've been traveling. It's like, hey, how was PTO? I haven't seen you. So being able to think about that was something that really made me rewrite the beginning of my talk. And then getting a chance to be to, to share that portion where there's so much to learn as an engineering leader, as an engineering IC, that you can do work every single day to build more trust and safety within your team by building relationships. But then how that actually applies into the reliability space of you want to go ahead and explore, you want to go ahead and lean on one another. And at the same time, you end up learning things about consistency, and maybe you want to have redundancy, and you learn that your net is going to break, and that you're not going to be able to break the rock that you need to get your little nook miles. So you're like, "Well, it's nine o'clock. Let me go prepare and buy two axes because I'm going to go hunting tonight." So I think thinking of ways like that really tie in for me on the reliability space.
1: One thing I I was thinking about a little bit basically because someone I had someone watching one of the talks and they were like, wait, what are bells? What are, what not? Like when I remember last year, it didn't even occur to me when I wrote my abstract and started to put together to tie it to animal crossing at all. Cause it was sort of like DevOps stuff. And then in the speaker chat, people were starting to share their slides and it was like, Oh, okay. And I think everybody kind of stepped up. Um, But it and also I remember spending a lot of time in Animal Crossing trying to capture the exact right um, conversations with with uh, with Villager, you know, with Island residents to get the point I wanted to get across. So I'm, I'm curious to think about, like, how do you when you're doing a talk for something like this, keep it like be able to keep the inside baseball in there for the people who are really into Animal Crossing, but keep it still accessible to people who maybe don't know all that stuff.
4: Yeah, I actually ended up setting the stage of like, what is it that we learn, and covered that within five minutes where it's like, we learned that we need to take care of our plants, care about our neighbors, be able to have consistency on stuff. And then that really allowed for me to like open up that talk to be like, all right, I already told you what I learned, but how is it that the things I learned is something you can actually start implementing in your life as part of self-care, as part of checking in on other people and later went ahead and like implemented that to engineering teams and making the cloud more reliable and being able to tie those things. I think it's that really beautiful part of public speaking where you really get to think about all the experiences you've had, whether they're in the game or whether they're in real life and be able to storytell on ways to make the world internet a little bit better.
1: Wren, I want to talk about your talk. Your talk was around community and resilience, and resilience is a very true-to-home topic for a lot of us over the last however many year and a half or or, or whatnot. What are, what are some of the, the key things you were trying to communicate through this conversation?
5: Mainly that resilience is something you have to work at, but you also have to be kind to yourself as well. And a lot of people think that resiliency means that you're never going to experience pain. You're never going to be distressed. Resilience means that you just have the tools to handle that in a way that suits you best. And by building resilience, you can better adapt to stressful situations and challenges. And it's something you have to work at like rolled. I have rolled on my Island and he's a villager that loves to work out. And I think resilience is like crushing a workout. You've got, if you, the more you do it, the more you're used to building that resilience, the better you get at it. So I think that's really important to remember is that, we're all in this together and we all have to just be kind to each other.
1: I really like that, that. Resilience is around intentionality, right? And I think we always see different ways it gets expressed and thinking about reliability versus resilience and resilience coming from, from the people. Um, is this uh, topic? Was this something kind of uh, a, a new topic for this event uh, or have you been, talking about this in in other venues?
5: This was a new one for this event for me. um, I actually hadn't given this particular talk before, so this was a new one. Um, And I I really liked it and I got to talk about how we can build a community through building resiliency and how we can use those skills to foster connection in digital communities as well. And such as like in Animal Crossing, you can bring people together online. There's a variety of MMOs. There's all kinds of fun things you can do with your community. And I think that it's all... It's about intentions, but you can also see, you know, what can you do that's out of the box? What can you do to make things fun and collaborative, especially in these sort of times? How can you bring two people together while not being together?
1: One of the things I I always like to hear from, and I'll I'll sort of imply the same question to everybody when, when we get to you, is if you've participated either as a speaker or an attendee in other virtual events over the last year or so, like, What's like one thing that really stood out that made this a a really different experience, Uh, hopefully a really positive experience? I really
5: liked that it was in Animal Crossing. It was unique. It was somewhere that you don't see an event happen. And most of them are just Zoom. You're live streaming. This was actually you're on a Twitch stream. You're actually getting to play Animal Crossing. You get to see everyone else's avatars. And it was a nice way to still see people and be like, oh, there's other people in this room and it was all decorated and it was really fun it felt like a little conference hall except it was an animal crossing it was pretty great i liked it a lot
1: angelina um you had a pretty dense technical topic that you that you took on and then put it into animal crossing so what was that well tell us a little bit about what you were talking about why i said that but you know what was that like to sort of take that deep technical content and make it about you know Animal Crossing. Yeah,
2: well, I, I spoke on Apache Kafka, which is a distributed streaming pl- um, technology. And so um, the reason why I chose to theme it with Animal Crossing is um, we it was trying to find a way to help um, expose a bunch of people to a technology that seems like used across our industry a ton, but to not be so intimidating, like all these tech giants use this super fancy technology. And how can I introduce it to people where it doesn't seem so fancy and large, right? So um, we have a, at the university I work at, we have a monthly meeting called ShareOps, where we meet with the high performance compute, we invite computational biologists. And I'm like, what is a way I can make them care about something and make it seem easier than it is? and trick them. And so it was really great. So I themed it and I knew deserted island DevOps was coming up. And I'm like, Ooh, I'm, I'm having a real burnout right now. I used to love speaking at conferences and giving talks. And at this point in the pandemic, it was just, I felt like I didn't want to do that anymore. I didn't want to speak to people. I didn't want to talk to people. And I was like, this isn't me. And I'm like, what can I do to one make it accessible and enjoyable to people who have no clue what the heck I'm talking about, who, do stuff with biology and things that I don't actually care about in a way and so um, my friends were joking also at work saying oh well, you know putting video game references isn't professional and I'm like well I'll show them <laughs> screw that it is my talk I do what I want and they have to listen to me for an hour um, but not a whole hour um, so that's kind of where I was like I was playing Animal Crossing getting into it my daughter is now starting to play and I'm like why don't I just theme an example with so one of the games I'm playing. So it was either Dragon Quest Builders or Animal Crossing, and I like I like Animal... I'm enjoying Animal Crossing. Not as many people get Dragon Quest Builders, so um, that's kind of why I chose that way, and it kind of challenged me, because then I put a limitation. I'm like, I have to explain all these things, but then use assets, essentially, from a video game. So,
1: so that actually made, made me think of kind of an interesting question that I haven't I haven't really thought about with the talk i gave last year which was i had do have a non-animal crossing version of it but what about taking the content that as built for this and, and using it for something else you know um in with the animal crossing theme and, and all of that i wonder uh especially with with a talk like yours that was was using that to really break that down uh, do you think you'll you'll be giving this talk again somewhere
2: I think I will. I wasn't sure before the conference, um, but based on the feedback I got, I I, I think I'll actually continue using it. Um, coming up with the idea to how to explain how the streaming API works and then just how Kafka just works in generally with a dinner party theme worked way better than I imagined. Um, and so, yeah, I, first I wasn't, but based on the conference feedback from being on Discord and then going back in the Twitch stream and seeing folks react and I, I was like, oh this is something I can continue to use um because I think it, it turned out really well I didn't anticipate it to work out that well but I'm glad it did
1: talking about how taking a, an idea like that and distilling it down and presenting it that way is a is a way of making these con these uh, these concepts accessible so Ari uh, we were talking about a little bit about the about about how this event maybe made these
6: ideas accessible, maybe kind of where that came in? Like, what are your what are your thoughts about that? You know, accessibility as a broad concept, it's uh, it's always good to make things easier for every single type of person to use. Um, and I think that that's uh, something that Angela's talk did a bit of, where you took this very complicated concept that maybe people who don't have as much background in DevOps might not have understood a lot about. Um, and I think that's sort of a similar thing to what I sort of try to do when I'm designing uh, websites and uh, front-end frameworks where I want to make sure that people can use them. And this includes things like internal tools and stuff. Maybe just kind of catch everybody up on what,
1: what your talk was about and maybe what you were trying to communicate and why this was a good venue for that.
6: Yeah, so I was uh, I was uh, trying to teach people about like how to sort of get started with... Uh, accessibility advocacy on your team because um, a lot of things that I've noticed is not that um, people don't want to make their tools accessible. It's that they don't know how. They don't know how to get started. So mine was sort of like starting with a very high level idea of this is how you can get started and this is how you can try to uh, begin making your company think a lot more about how to make things accessible. And um, one of the reasons why I liked uh, Desert Island DevOps for, the, for this talk is because one thing that stood out to me last year was that there were a lot more sort of like soft skills talks. There were talks about like, here's how to build uh, like communication between teams. Here's how to make empathetic teams. You know, it wasn't just um, here's, it it wasn't just like a tech stuff. It wasn't just a purely tech conference. It was about people, as well.
1: I think that's uh, that's that's pretty key, pretty accurate, and i I feel like that continued this year. But there was also a lot of really, I don't want to say meaty stuff because like the 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 people stuff is meaty too. But again, you had like and just talk right, like which is like okay, we're gonna get into this right or really. Stuff that yeah, it was it was very diverse in terms of content, which I really, really enjoyed. Good good job, program committee. Pat yourselves on the back.
6: Yeah. <laughs> I actually do think it's really awesome when you have a mix of different types of talks because someone can show up at a conference and they'll always get something out of it.
1: It's it's interesting. Like I've I've thought about this a little bit, and virtual makes this a little bit harder. But I feel like the experience of Desert Island DevOps is one that people want to experience throughout, versus just sort of popping in and out. But I I used to say this is one of the reasons I always love single track conferences back in the olden days of doing conferences in person. Is it's like okay, you know, we'd have the like what I would say we're like the eat your vegetables talks, which is great. Okay. You want to get to that Kubernetes talk. You got to sit through the testing talk first, you know, because people aren't going to just get up and leave the hall, you know, and some people might, but you know,
6: I actually sort of like think a little bit differently about that because whenever I go to multi-track talk uh, conferences, I sort of feel like, oh no, I have to go to this talk, but that means I'll miss this other great talk. And if it's a single track, you can just see all of them.
1: Well, that's also why I like single track too. I just like single track in general. So, Jack, um, what was uh, maybe your favorite part of participating in this event?
7: Um, well, this is uh, my first like speaking opportunity at something that was like not just to fellow coworkers, so that was really exciting. Um, and just the community itself was super welcoming, helpful. If I needed help or like a second opinion, people were right there uh, waiting to help me.
1: Yes. Massive, massive props for doing such a really great job for your first talk. I didn't want to kind of queue up to that figured we'd get to that. But, um, also the bad news I have for you is that, this is not uh, necessarily a typical experience as a speaker, as far as how well the organizers take care of you. So some are oh, better yes. than others.
7: <laughs> That's like, I sort of felt like in that sense, it was like a great first talk because it's like, um, I not I don't want to say training wheels, but it's always good for your first experience in a given thing to be a great experience. So it like it gives like a little buffer for any future not so great experiences I might have
1: one of the things, and I, I'd like to hear what what you think about it, especially if your first experience with this, and I, I talked about this in um, one of the things that really stood out to me so much about Deserted Island DevOps was how connected the speakers are with each other, and that was almost a little bit, not, not to take credit away from Austin, but I, I feel like it was a little accidental with this idea of, oh, I guess you can all just hang out in the Zoom together all day, and then everybody did, and it made, so Austin, I don't know if that was like you know kind of uh, a plot this year or last year well last year i know you knew about it <laughs> um <clears throat> i would say it's one of those things we re- re-
3: retroactive continuity it was always part of the plan yes of course the the one thing that actually turned out to be very deliberate that's to this point about first-time speakers that i've everyone on this call knows is they've i've told them but we didn't even think about it last year we just did it it's the introductions or we don't read off people's bios in the introductions, we ask for the fun facts. And the reason that we do this is because there is, and like Jack is a first-time speaker at you know a, a public event. Well, you you know you're going to get a mix, right? You're going to get people that come first-time speakers, some people have been doing this for literally years and have two paragraphs of bio, you know, or a page of bio. So you want something that's equitable right? Because otherwise the audience might say like, Oh, this person doesn't know what they're talking about or whatever. So if you just give everyone the same intro, then you're kind of uh, removing a little bit of that implicit bias. So it's the little touches, little touches like that. I think we are fairly deliberate about, which is cool.
1: I I want to, and Jack, I want to get back because I'm going to ask you a little more about this, but there's something Austin said, reminded me, uh, and this is a lesson I think for us to learn again, even in the in-person events is for DevOps Chicago, we um, kind of decided that we weren't having the MC... Again, to sort of what Austin said, having the MCs do intros anymore, short of having the AV person just introduce with name as, as you walked out. And part of that was because it, it even as much as you try not to, you're the MC. You know some people, some people you don't, right? And so it's going to be like, oh... Well, Anna and I go way back. So I'm gonna crack a joke or I'm gonna make a thing. I'm gonna, you know, be like, oh, I remember when we first met at whatever. And then there's another speaker who I don't know, and I just introduce him by name. And none of it's intentional, but it doesn't create kind of that uh, that standard. So I think that's a really good, really good point. Um, so Jack, what was uh, you know, prepping for your first first big talk? Like how how did you kind of go about Uh, especially doing it in this maybe atypical way? (laughs) Mm
7: -hmm. Um, Well, I will say that like when I first made my um, talk proposal, it was like a throwaway. I was like, oh, there's like no way I'll get accepted. I'll just like come up with something real fast um, and then submit it. And then I'll never have to think about it again. Um, Naturally, when I got the email that I was accepted, I was like, that's not right. Um, and so I waited for like, I, I eventually I was like, all right, like this is really happening. I have to uh, sit down and uh, figure out, uh, what I'm act- what my abstract is actually going to be. Um, cause I came up with it in like two minutes and then had spent like, uh, two solid weeks of like writing rough drafts, um, doing uh, dry runs for people. Um, I spent an hour fiddling around in GIMP cause I wanted to see if I could make like custom slide patterns. Um, so, you know, I just went from like the whole, like from soup to nuts. Like I, I think I prepared myself for, for future ventures pretty thoroughly.
1: Is there one thing in your talk that you are like, when you're like, that is my, yes, I am so oh proud God. of that particular thing the most.
7: Uh, so when I said Blathers was the developer because he's afraid of bugs. i i came up with that line and i was just like i don't even have to give the rest of the talk i could just say that line and then walk off and it would be great
1: that's that's the key to all great talks and 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 put load it so then you can just coast the rest of the talk from from the good vibes of your great initial joke exactly yeah (laughs) so uh laura um you uh had the interesting, uh, self-imposed challenge of speaking, but also deciding to live tweet the entire event, uh, which I I think you did a great job.
8: Thank you. (laughs) It was a lot of fun. It's just, I find that I pay attention a lot better. And this one was more of a challenge than I normally do when I live tweet, because I wanted to show off everybody's like how they looked and how they did their slides. And I wanted to show everything off. So like, I'm frantically trying to get screenshots and Austin keeps moving around the camera and I'm just trying to get it so I can get everybody in. It was really funny. Just trying to nail all of like the really interesting shots, as well as the really important bits from everybody's talk. It was a lot of fun.
3: I want to point something out. (laughs) I want to point out a lesson learned. Um,
8: Improve your camera work.
3: No, next time tell people which side of the screen to stand on and don't just let it, don't leave it to fate because i had assumed, I had built all of the scenes assuming that people would be standing uh to the relative left and chloe started and stood on the relative right and then everyone mirrored what chloe was doing and so if you were watching live or you're watching if you go back and watch on youtube you can see like i'm furiously like panning the camera around trying to you know get some part of chloe into frame and then eventually i'm just like okay i I have to like adjust these scenes around in obs so that that's why and then everyone kept doing the same thing so good on y'all for did you just get lucky last year uh last year it was we we changed there was a couple of like big tweaks to the uh display one was last year the slide inset was much too small it was, it was made it very hard to read a lot of the slide text. And so when I kind of went through and did the speaker and we went through and accepted everyone and we do an AV check, I was like, hey, you know, make your
1: text a little bigger. Like, you oh, know. cause you did a, so people had an experience of doing it before the event. So,
3: right. Well, and also like the, because I remember from last year, we made the overlay like a little bit bigger. Um, I think last year it was like 600 pixels wide and this time it was, 800 something. So really just to make sure that we didn't have to keep cutting between full screen and not full screen. And I think if you watch, you know, some of them um, like Angelina was a perfect example of this where we, I I think it worked extremely well because she had someone else, I believe doing the, um, the anime, you know, the emojis and stuff like that. And, we didn't have to keep cutting between like small and big and small and big. It was all fairly, re- the slides are fairly readable
1: the entire time. I feel like now that you've uh, got, you know, two years of experience with this, like you could put together kind of uh, from all the previous speakers, like uh, a set of good practices for being a speaker, at deserted Island DevOps, like things like have somebody else run the reactions for you. Cause otherwise you end up like me last year where My Animal Crossing person was doing the same thing for like five minutes straight because I forgot. (laughs) So, Laura, what you you kind of made a a comment earlier uh, before we were recording about what the Q and A experience was like, and and one of the things I've said before, like I I am very much pro pre recorded talks because you can um, talk them after, and the exception being this event. And it's because you do feel like because all the speakers are engaging with each other throughout the day, so you do have that kind of organic thing that happens. Um, most events aren't like that, so uh, then pre-recorded is fine. But yeah, so doing like kind of the Q and A while you were giving a talk, but then after, what was what was that like?
8: It was actually really fun. Uh, so I'm. A lot of people know that I will like keep up with a like if I'm doing something internally, I'll keep up with the Zoom chat and Slack and people asking me questions while I'm giving a talk and and, like interleaving it all in. Um, I have to admit that I was I was actually pretty out of it the day of just because I had gotten my second COVID shot and I still was recovering from it, Um, so I didn't get to do it the same way. But it was actually really fun being able to come out of the talk and I'm still in the zoom and I get to see people's faces and reactions to me asking questions and Katie was really great at like kind of getting everybody's questions out of the the discord and kind of talking with everybody so I had a really great time doing that and it was it was actually really a lot more like in person because I got to sit there and engage with people and still watch people's reactions without necessarily feeling like I'm just typing into a chat to answer people's questions. And I'm, I'm very like distanced from my talk. Whereas this one, like I'm still right there. I'm still part of my talk. I'm still engaged in it. And it was really useful. And then everybody just kept engaging in discord afterwards. And so I had a lot of fun. It was actually really nice to have that experience.
1: So, Laura, I know you've been involved both speaking and participating and moderating with lots of virtual events over the last, you know, time that we've been doing this. I don't know. Do we say the last year, the last year and a half, the last all the time?
8: Since March, it's fine.
1: Since March, it's fine. <laughs> uh, since last March. Uh, what, what struck you as different from maybe the participant experience, like for the the community during the day?
8: Oh, that's a good question. Um I actually found it really fun. People were trying to put together watch parties on other islands. They were so I know Austin's like, oh, I wish more people had shown up, things like that. But you'd be surprised. The people who showed up were really, really engaged. Um, And generally, I find that with a lot of these conferences, people are either just have the live stream on in the background while they're still working during the day. They're not completely engaged. They're kind of coming in and out. And so, like you see, some people they'll come in, they'll ask a couple questions, maybe, but they're not chattering back and forth. This one, as a participant, I just constantly was seeing people talking and getting to know each other and wanting to open up new channels and having more discussion. I, th- I think the the novelty of being in somewhere else. So you technically are that experience of being somewhere else, whether that's in a video game or wherever. That brought people back to focusing on what was going on versus just sitting there listening. And so people kept engaging and they kept talking and they're still talking. And it's great. I love seeing it. And I think it was just a really interesting way to draw people in. And you don't see that as much at other conferences. While other conferences have been really great, it's not the same. People don't engage the same way. And so it's just been interesting to to watch that shift.
1: Serena, uh, what, what brought you to submit to uh, be a speaker at Deserted Island DevOps? What, what, what was the, the process uh, that, that had you join this merry band?
9: So the funny thing was my boss originally wanted me to do a Grace Hopper talk. And I was like, ah, I don't really know. And then like Deserted Island like announced its uh, call for proposals. And she's like, Serena, you have to do this. And I'm like, okay, fine. I'm gonna do it. And I was gonna be like this whole like kind of technical thing about running Jaeger. And it just kinda of became because yeah, you know, we were workshopping it internally on GitHub and it just became a well, honestly, let's just talk about making friends. Because like honestly, who gives a shit if no one uses
1: the damn thing? That's right. You know, nines don't matter if you're People aren't happy, as charity likes to say, or they don't even care about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, what? Uh, I know I would, I would, I would put Serena up there for like MVP of like not necessarily to the level of Katie Farmer hype, but from someone who sat in the Zoom for most of the day, Serena was very excited about about everything in a good way, not like you know. And I, I just love that. That's. <sighs> Everybody just seemed to have a really good time.
9: I just love hyping people. Like, my coworkers were being like, "Hey, I'm gonna feel like crap after a, uh, you know, my second COVID shot." I'm like, "I'm sorry you're gonna feel s- super shitty, but fuck yeah, man. Go shield yourself. I am happy for like everyone around me." And I don't know, just felt like made a lot of really kind of cool friends that day.
1: And I wanted circle back to talk about about last year's event a little bit, um, but there were many people that the way that I met them was being a co-speaker for Deserted Island DevOps last year who are now people that I chalk up to being incredibly close friends of mine. And that is not something that happened with any other virtual event last year. And I chalk up a lot to that to how Austin and Katie put this together. Um, so thinking about last year a little bit, we didn't have any repeat speakers right austin you got all new speakers all new all new excellent but uh was there anyone who was uh who didn't participate in one way or another like that this was your first deserted island devops at all
8: so this was my first one believe it or not this is laura um it was my first one like I wanted to watch everything last year, but I was in the middle of trying to help my company like transform into a remote organization. So like I didn't have the time to block off. And I've watched some of the videos since, but it was such a different experience being there live. Um, I can't describe it really in general, like even just as a speaker, it was very different, but also as a participant, it was just so different. And I, yeah, I don't have words. Maybe somebody else does. This is
4: Anna and coming in as a first time speaker was really cool because I mean, last year it was definitely like, oh man, I wish I would be on Twitch right now watching all these folks talk. I was too busy with work that day and getting a chance to be part of it, but also seeing that community come together, like everyone just cheering each other the day off. Like, I think it went above my expectations just because we all had fun. We were all sharing something new And it all came back of building a better engineering culture, building better people.
5: Yeah, I agree, actually. Yeah, Um, it was my first one, too. And I don't remember what I was doing last year, Um, but this was my first one. And it was just like everyone coming together and everyone just being such an awesome community and seeing the Twitch chat and everyone here hanging out on Zoom. As a speaker, it was great. So normally we get to be in person, but having this and having that same sense of being somewhere with a bunch of friends, was really great. And that's what I liked the most. It was like, yeah, new friends.
1: Katie and Austin, when you're kind of thinking back from last year to this year, um, what was different for you or what maybe stood out? Like not, not necessarily from an implementation detail, but like your own headspace about last year, it was like this new random wacky idea that came out of nowhere. And then now it's like, now it's a, you're doing it again. Right. You know,
0: last year we had, so much energy. We'd only been home for a few weeks in the, in the beginning of the pandemic. And we were like, I guess we're just like here now. Let's just like have fun. And this year,
1: let's have a virtual conference to tide us over for the next six weeks. And so we can have a real one again. Exactly. Yeah.
0: This year we were like, uh, I think very much my mindset was that like last year was, was always going to be like this bigger, like flashier as far as like you know um, people stopping in the stream and like press like it was going to be a little bit flashier, but this year it was going to be more necessary because the people who spoke and tuned in, I think were people who needed to hear messages of like wholesome resilience like this was i I felt this year it was much more like needed, and last year it had really good timing and was amazing, but this year it was like people need to be reminded that we're people and that this year was a real, was real bad.
3: Yeah. I think there's an interesting to, to wax a little philosophical. I think in a lot of ways, the story of this event is uh, primarily a story about resilience because, you know, the, the, this is not a story that, what I'm about to say is is not very well known. So uh, you're getting some definitely behind the scenes stuff. But this really came out of, you know, Katie and I last year when we were both working at Lightstep and we started, you know, the, the pandemic, you know, the lockdown started, pandemic started, and we started streaming on Twitch because it's like we need to do something to kind of. You know, keep doing devrel and uh, Fridays. I just
0: tackled we, you while you played Final Fantasy for like three weeks.
3: Yeah, no, it was fun. It was like it was super fun, right? Like I, it was was honestly some of the most fun I've had in the pandemic as a devrel is just like getting into this Twitch stream, super Twitch streaming thing, and it kinda came up. It's like, well, what if we just try this, right? And what we didn't realize, I think, during that month was that you know. I don't know if we necessarily saw it coming, uh, but this is the part nobody knows is that the day of uh, April 30th, 2020 was when Lightstep did layoffs last year. And Katie was one of the people that was laid off and she knew about, we actually both know about it. They, t- they gave us a heads up, you know, beforehand because of as sort of a like, Hey, do you are you, are you going to be okay going through this?
0: Yeah. They gave me an opt out option. They were like, you don't have to host this conference. I was like, don't you dare take this from me.
3: And it was, I, I, I honestly think that was professionally like one of the hardest days of my life, because I know this Katie knows this. We can't say anything to anyone we work with. You know, we weren't stupid I, you know, obviously there were going to be more than just one devrel. but having to kind of do this whole thing while that's going on in the background was uh, just it was a lot it took a lot out of me and i think doing it again this year knowing like you know hey it's not going to be the same it can't be the same like everyone's burnt out i'm burnout. like i i Katie can tell you there were multiple conversations or multiple times where I just like messaged her on Twitter and I was like, I, you know, I, I don't think we can do this. I, I don't, you know, I'm terrified of it failing. I'm terrified of of anything happening and it just feels so stupid to do it again because the mood has changed. Like we had that, I think six weeks of vague optimism that we were in this like cool (laughs) new world. And then it has been, mostly unrelenting terror for a lot of people since then. But I think in that we looked for ways to make a difference no matter what, right? Because when you're in the shit, you got to shovel it, you know, when things aren't going well, like it's down or through. And I think that a big part of this, you know, what does this conference mean? It means go through. It means keep going when it's hard. It means, Take the limitations, take the, the the things that suck, and compress them into a tiny ball of suck, and then try to put that tiny ball over to the side and fill that space with good.
0: Yeah, I mean, honestly, I remember at the end of the day when the conference wrapped up and we went into kind of like the um, the speaker. It's not really a retro, but we just spent a couple minutes like thanking everyone. And I just remember being okay for approximately 30 seconds and then being like, no, (laughs) because the whole day had been so, so just like, holy good that I think it was easy not to think about like, oh man, I just got laid off. And I was really emotional, but also like deserted Island got me through that and gave me something. Pretty sure it got me my next job, But also, like, it made me emotionally like I had I had something else that mattered that wasn't just my job. It was like, oh, I have a new community now. I have new friends, and and that to me was like, okay, well, hopefully, I won't have to be traumatized every year when we do it. But like, (laughs) also,
3: and and I I mean, I I would hope that you're not.
0: I mean, I kind (laughs) of like a a a full song.
3: Yeah, Good um, use but, us for song.
0: Yeah, but also, like, the idea that, like, if we do it again, maybe it does that for somebody else well, is enough to keep me coming back, for sure. Because I just, I I needed, I didn't know I needed it when we were planning it. And then when we had it, I was like, oh, I needed this quite a lot. Um, and, and trying to get that feeling through the event and maintain it year over year, I think is, like. Regardless of how many people show up, I felt that that vibe was, like, successful um, and that people felt grateful for the space to be people in. And that, for me, was a big big part of it.
2: I wanted to talk about uh, how great the fundraising aspect was. Uh, One of my favorite screenshots of me speaking is having that little ticker in the top right showing support trans youth. Um, it meant so much to so many people around me and Mike and the community I live in um, and that being able to do my job and speak, but then also it being for something than just us speaking about things in tech or about the community, DevOps community. It was it was we were doing these things, but then we were also celebrating, I think, something else and being a part of that. And it it was, I think, something really great aspect to, that was added this year.
3: I, it was an important thing for me to add, I think. Uh, Katie, I mean, I, I talked to Katie about it, and I remember you being pretty on board.
0: Oh, my gosh. The opportunity to get people to give money to beautiful trans kids who need our support, there's no downside, right? Yeah.
3: <laughs> well, I also think that it's, you know, uh, I, I the reason that we do this the way we do this, right? The reason it's on Twitch, the reason that it's free and that it, it's... There's a few things about this that I, like, hold super, super dear as, you know, founding concepts. And one of them is, like, yeah, yeah, there's no entrance fee. There's none of this is going to be put behind a wall. This is going to be as accessible as possible, both in the moment through, you know, transcription and things like that, but also just, like, how do you get to it, right? Because – we're we're putting light into the world and how that light reflects off of others is how we i think as people live and blossom and grow so you can't do that by <laughs> kind of buying into the way that a lot of these tech conferences work which is being very commercialized and you know and treating things as like uh, very transactionally but i also know that hey if i'm going to get all these people together then um you can probably throw some money to people that need it so
2: I did like in the chat, you know, that came up with that the conference was very people driven. And um, I think y'all were very intentional on in how you designed the conference and the talks chosen and the fundraising and all those aspects of it. And I think it came off really successful on um, keeping with that that goal of being people driven.
1: So as we kind of uh, wrap up, I want to throw it out there for anyone who wants to to chime in. What's like one thing that you would hope other events might take as an inspiration or an influence from Deserted Island DevOps to make their event or community better or at least more not bad? Honestly, Discord,
9: I think, emulated so many cool elements of like the hallway track that I have never seen any other thing do. I mean, We end up having, you know, someone made a channel that spun off, like, ADHD Ops after one of the talks, and a lot of people were like, wow, this is relatable. Like, again, I have yet to see another
6: platform do that. I sort of felt like the thing that made this uh, conference a lot uh, more amazing than some of the other conferences I've been to was just that it's got a really good community built around it. And it sort of encourages a lot of empathy and helping e- each other. And I think that a lot of other conferences could certainly learn something from that, just like trying to get, um, you know, getting people to sort of like build this like really helpful and for lack of a better word, wholesome community surrounding them.
1: I think that pretty much sums it up, right? This uh this community is what makes this event what it is. And thanks everybody who contributed. That's everyone on this on this on this podcast episode. Uh normally this is where we might have our guests tell us where you can see their upcoming stuff, but that would be a whole episode if we asked for that. But that being said, has anybody got something uh to share? Might as well.
0: I want to recommend that everyone go watch the YouTube videos. If you didn't catch the live talks, follow all the speakers on Twitter, follow me because I'll tell you, you're like so nice. Um, and also that's where a lot of us share what we have going on. So go to, go to Twitter. It's cool. Again,
1: we will put a link to the YouTube videos in the show notes, which you can find if you go to arrested desertedislanddevops slash deserted island DevOps Again, and uh, as well as you'll find all the information about today's guests and all that fun stuff. Uh, if you go to com slash iTunes, you can leave us a review in the iTunes store. Yes, I know it's called Apple Podcasts. I refuse to call it the new thing because then I'd have to change that URL. But uh, if you leave us a review, theoretically, that helps other people find the show. Uh, you can find us on Spotify too, but you can't leave us a review there because that's not a Spotify thing. Uh, Thank you, everyone, for joining me today and being part of this. I I knew uh, we were going to absolutely do another ADO. Uh, Someone actually pitched this to me, and they said, you know, you should do an ADO episode about... I don't know if you've heard of Deserted Island DevOps. I'm like, don't worry about it. It's already on my schedule. We're we're doing this episode. So thanks, uh, everybody, for being a part of this. And uh, I'm Matt at Matt Stratton. Uh, This is Arrested DevOps. And remember, there is always DevOps. In, the, In banana the banana stand. Banana
3: stand.
7: Oh,